This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the absolutely fair enough Blood Red podcast. It's Friday, I'm Conor Dunn and I'd just like a special thank you to the guy who bet me £5,000 that I wouldn't say absolutely ever again on the podcast, but I have just lost the bet, but I couldn't help myself. I'm joined by three wonderful gentlemen this afternoon. Paul Ghost, how are you? Very well, Connor. yeah. A little bit tired from uh, f- from last night's festivities and today's press conference, but ready to crack on and uh, have a little natter about the Reds. As always. And I'm joined by Ian Doyle, how are you? What he said. <laughs> Fair enough. And we have special guest, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas, how are you? Very excited, looking forward to Sunday. Would you like to tell the fans listening why you're here today? Well, for those who don't know me, which would be most of you, I work for the Echo, but on the news side of things, and believe it or not, I happen to be a Shrewsbury Town fan. Big up town. Anyway, we will come on to Shrewsbury later. What we must talk about first is Wolverhampton. It was a really, really difficult game for the Reds. A 2-1 win, probably didn't deserve it. Um, Paul Gorst, what did you make of it? Uh, I thought it was Liverpool's toughest game of the season so far, to be honest. I think the only game they've dropped points in was obviously Manchester United the way back in October, but this one was a lot more difficult. Liverpool had to ride um, quite quite a storm from Wolves in the second half. I think when when Liverpool played Wolves at the end of December, both teams were, were, were low on energy and you could tell that from the second half, but Wolves had just played City about 45 hours earlier, didn't have Raul Jimenez. Adama Traore only played the last 20 minutes, but they were both back in. Uh, last night and, and it made a massive difference to Wolves going forward I think Traore's had an excellent season Season Jimenez's goal was the 20th of the season they're the most potent partnership in the Premier League yeah they've combined more than any other duo haven't they for goals so um, they gave Liverpool a right a, a right go and um, it's just something about this Liverpool team isn't it we've said it umpteen times this season when the quality isn't there and, and you know one or two players are having off nights the mentality just to come through it uh, just to dig in and, and, and you know rise above it and squeeze out the results wherever they can. They just seem to do that better than anyone and um, no more so was that evident than, than last night. Uh, Firmino's 10th goal of the season, 16 points clear again and um, you'd have to be a lunatic to bet against them now, wouldn't you? Ian, I saw your face mm. when I said that Liverpool perhaps didn't deserve it and what I mean by that is they didn't put their chances away. Um, Wolves had some good chances Wolves had some opportunities and probably could have taken it and you know I feel would probably feel hard done by Wolves not having a draw Wolves didn't put their chances away though, no I know but, but I mean they probably could feel that they well they could yeah they could they, could they feel as though they should have taken something from the game but to say that Liverpool didn't deserve to win I think it's wrong okay I think Wolves, tell me why because Wolves is a, is a difficult place to go to there's, uh, there's that one road in and out it took forever um, <laughs> I have to use that joke once every season don't worry uh, no it was a difficult place to go to Wolves as, as Gorsi said different proposition at home and certainly given what happened in the, the, the last game that was still fresh I think in the minds of a lot of the players because if you remember Wolves were felt a little bit hard done by Anfield because of the two VAR decisions which were correct that went against them and you had the sight of Neto celebrating in front of the main stand and then realising a few weeks later yeah, it's, yeah no that's not been allowed sorry son <laughs> uh, he played quite well actually uh, uh, last night but no Liverpool did create a lot of chances against a decent defence you've seen the way that, that Nuno the, the Wolves manager organised the team what they play three at the back most of the time it's five Connor Cody is the sweeper and what was interesting from Liverpool's point of view is that even though I know we're going to get on to Salah in a bit whether he played well or not which personally I thought that he did is that even though he was on the right, he was always the highest man. He was the one that was engaging Cody, the sweeper, or you know, the, the, the deep-lined uh, defender. And he caused them problems 
in that sense. I mean, even if you look at just the winning goal, and I know that we've had a bit of a conversation about did Salah mean to pass it to, to Henderson? In fact, he didn't pass it to him. Yeah, but the point is, there was three Wolves players around him. And that's what it was like for so often during the game. And I know there were opportunities where, you know, Firmino was through, could have scored. Salah could have passed to Oxlade Chamberlain. Salah was wide with one shot. I think he had another one blocked. There was one or two other near things. Mane in the first half, if he'd have almost controlled it properly, he was in. So there was enough chances. But you know, the playing a Wolves team, though, as Gorsi said, you know, Jimenez is very good, gets his goal. Traore gets, puts the cross in. You know, I don't think Andy Robertson's had a tougher game all season. I don't think he will do. But. Out wide, Wolves did cause Liverpool some problems. But if you look at the chances, I think Alisson made two saves, was it, in the second yeah, half? Saves. I think one of them was kind of right at him anyway. Jimenez was a little bit Close ambitious, angle, I think. Yeah, a bit ambitious there. So to the other way of looking at it is though, for Liverpool to go to a stadium like that, in that atmosphere against a team who were quite clearly up for it, have already beaten Manchester City, not play anywhere near the best in terms of individual performances, but still win 2-1 and have about three or four other chances to, to score a few more goals you know, in the game. Of course, they deserve to win. Yeah, fair enough. I love it when you try and prove me wrong. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that quite struck me, what you referred to there as well last night, how last night it was so clear, what, I was only watching it from TV, how Liverpool is now every team's cup final. Like mm. the atmosphere was coming through. You could hear how up for it the Wolves fans were. You could see how up for it the players were. Obviously, there'd be no Conor Cody in his history with Liverpool, but players like Adama Traore who can be hit and miss, for them now, playing Liverpool is just massive. They are the champions elect. And this might be one of the harder things that Liverpool have to deal with over the course of the rest of the season. Obviously, they've got a massive lead, but one of the things they want to carry on doing is, is win as many games as possible is... They are so far in front now that they literally become almost a, a no-lose game for their opposition. Everybody expects to lose, so everyone can go out and put everything on the table and know that if they take anything out of Liverpool, they do something that pretty much no other team has done this season. And I think that's why it was so hard last night yeah, for Liverpool, be, one of those reasons. Because the test now for everybody is they want to be the first ones to beat Liverpool. Of course, that's it. Of course. That's now become the badge of honour for everybody. I imagine that's exactly what <coughs> Shrewsbury Town are going to be thinking on Sunday, but we'll come on to exactly that a bit later but Joe as a Shrewsbury fan watching that last night watching Liverpool last night and watching Liverpool across the course of this season how do you beat this Liverpool side? It's an answer that very few people have isn't it I think obviously Aston Villa beat you know, this reserve the side in the cup side, yeah. and did Napoli beat in the Champions League yeah. as well yeah. so you know, the reality is that you know, it's very very difficult obviously for someone like us on Sunday you know it will require a lot of very, you know, a very extreme set of circumstances for us to do so. But you know, just as a football fan in general, just watching that Liverpool side, you know, it's striking. Not necessarily their, just their ability and the natural talent that they've got there, but it's the mentality. You know, as somebody who kind of watches the Premier League and has done from afar, you know, for the past few decades, I think that this Liverpool side is possibly the best team that's played in the the, the Premier League era. And you can have arguments over quality of first 11s. You can have arguments over quality of squads and style of football. You can say maybe some teams have been better, you know, United or City or Chelsea's at different eras. But one of the things that I find most striking about this Liverpool side is how whenever somebody's been running away with a title, whenever they've played their main rivals, whether it's Man United playing Arsenal or Chelsea playing a Man United or someone like that, Throughout the Premier League era, those games have always been tight. You've always gone into those big games against first and second, no matter what the gap is, not knowing what's going to happen. But with this Liverpool side, whoever they play, 
you just know that they're going to win. You just know they're going to get the job done, whether it requires them to, you know, to, to rip through a side or whether it's last night and it's the hard yards that they've got to do. You just back them to beat anybody. When they play City on the season, you knew it was going to win. And this is a, an incredible City side. But, you know, just the Liverpool side that we've got now is just phenomenal. And it's unstoppable, as we've seen. Yeah, exactly as you were talking there, really. You rewind to Liverpool playing Leicester. You rewind to Liverpool playing City with probably the best two teams in it this year. And that's probably Liverpool and Liverpool's best performances of the season, which is unbelievable, really. But I'll just stick with you for a moment, Joe. Do you think it is the mentality that is Liverpool's best asset? Or would you be more worried about a player? Or do you think it's just the whole round club at the moment that is? Uh, I, I, think, I think it's the culture. I think one of the things that we saw when... The best insight that we'll probably get into how Liverpool will line up against Shrewsbury was how they lined up against Everton. And one of the striking things watching that match was how, even though this was a lot of players who've had little to no first-team exposure, they still played in a way with an identity that was very clearly Klopp's Liverpool. And as a result of that, obviously there's a mixture of first-team players and reserve players. But those reserve players, they come in, they fit into a system. And that system's proven to be very effective. So if anything, I think it's that culture that Klopp has got and it's got running through, through from top to bottom in that club, which means that any, t- any player can step into any team and know exactly what their job is to do and exactly what the job of the players around them is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we move on and wax lyrical more about how good Liverpool are right now, I feel Liverpool should have put the be- game to bed way earlier last night, but when I think they had opportunities too. What did you think? Firmino should have scored earlier earlier than he did. It was probably an easier chance than, than the winning goal. Salah's had a couple, hasn't he? Particularly um, the one in the first half where he, he kind of knocks it around. Was it Matt? No. I think it was Matt Doherty and he, he gets away from him. And, and, and he's he, shooting across the keeper. He, he does very well to get, get in and make the block. Liverpool had the chances. Um, not many teams are going to keep Liverpool off for 90 minutes, so you'd expect that. Um, but, but I thought both teams had the chances. And as I say, I thought it, it was the most... Uh, it was the m- most difficult game Liverpool have played this season, I think. Um, even when you allow them for that 1-1 draw at United. Um, there's a reason why Wolves are doing so well. and I think now they've lost six, which going into the game only Liverpool had lost less. I think they lost five alongside Manchester City. So they're a very good team. They've had, but the worry for them is their season started pretty much the end of July in the Europa League qualifiers, so they might suffer burnout if they're aiming to, for a place in the top four. But I think you've got to be realistic and think that they've got a shot. So Liverpool were playing a very good side last night at home and they've got ambitions of finishing into the, in the top four. So I think um, the results shouldn't really be taken for granted because it was, it was a big one last night. And um, Firmino just seems to come up with the goods at the moment, doesn't he, when he's away from Anfield. That's 10 goals for the season now. They've all been away from Anfield. Um, they've directly contributed to 15 points. And when you think Liverpool are only 16 clear... That shows you how important his goals have been. And he helped them in the win the Club World Cup as well, didn't he? So um he's having a fantastic season. He just needs to turn up at Anfield now, shall we say? Yeah, without doubt. If, if that's not a bit harsh. We've mentioned on this pod a couple of times that twenty twenty might be the year of Firmino. Mm-hmm. Um specifically what I mean, Ian, about Liverpool being able to put the get game to bed earlier is Mohamed Salah, to be honest. Last mm. night, I feel like he could have passed him in Mina. I feel like he could have passed Oxford <coughs> Chamberlain. I feel like he could have passed the Firmino. I know you have thoughts about the second goal, and if he's not on the pitch, maybe his quick feet don't leave Liverpool with that chance. But mm. I just feel like he had an opportunity to help Liverpool well, he did. more than he did How, earlier just, in the game. Just, I can't remember. By literally what I'm telling you about. Do you remember the, the, the free... Now, the goal, the first goal was a corner. The corner came from 
Alexander Arnold hit, hit the wall, didn't he? That's how yeah. that came from. Who got fouled? You won the free kick. Was it Salah? Um, I think it can't, might. Can't I can't remember. remember. That's probably worth it. I'll, I'll try and check that out a bit when somebody else it was, talks. It was fine, it. but you get from my that point. Time. I'm not talking yeah. odds and ends about who has won but a thing before not, a corner and crossed it in for Henderson. But that's the point. Is that Salah hasn't crossed that ball for Henderson but, had it in. That's, that's Trent and Henderson. Full stop. No, I know that someone's won that corner, but Salah should have scored. Salah should have passed it. No, there's a reason why he stays on the pitch for as long as he does. And this is exactly the same thing happening against Manchester United. We went through this at the time where the reason that he stays on is because he's capable of doing something like that. Think about Salah is that, yeah, he's this season he's not been quite as clinical. He's not been anywhere near as clinical as his first season, probably not as much as last season. But, and you can tell that, that's why he's, he's snatching at chances and perhaps a little bit too selfish. But you'd rather have a striker who was selfish than one that isn't. And of course, he's not even a striker anyway, he's a winger. But, you know, we know he's a forward, he's not a traditional winger as such. But the opposing teams are just scared of him. That's why they put so many players on him. This the thing is that, and I, I thought actually when Mane went off, I thought that's when Salah stepped it up a little bit because he thought, oh, hang on, Sadio's gone off here, so I better start, you know, taking all the responsibility. And he did, and perhaps you could argue he took on too much responsibility instead of actually trying to have a shot. So you know, instead, well, yeah, instead of trying to shoot, but I don't have any of this criticism of, of Salah at all, to be honest, especially from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'm going to now go and check. While you talk, I'll check. See, we will not free kick. Yeah, it's fine. I'll, I'll take it, but. I think my point is, and I never ever really want to criticise a team who are quite this good, but there's just there's just moments that I've felt, you know, in recent times where they, they could have done and perhaps should have done better and not had to fight until the very last minute of every single game, Gorsley. Yeah, well, that's the 11th game now that they've won by a one-goal margin in the Premier League alone. I think it's 14 games in total that, that they've just landed on the right side of. And I think that goes back to everything we say about the mentality of the, of the team and, and the character and, and all that, that goes beyond just, you know, being quality footballers. That's something that is in, ingrained in this team now through Jurgen Klopp. But there's not been many games as to where Liverpool have put it to bed early and you've been quite relaxed and you, you can put your feet up for the last 20 minutes and thinking Man City in November, was it? Uh, Leicester on Boxing Day. There's not too many others, really. Liverpool have been involved in, in every game right up until the death of virtually every one of them, which contradicts this theory that the Premier League is a load of, load of bluffers and Liverpool are the only good team in there because these teams are running Liverpool close every single week. It just happens to be that they've got the necessary quality in, in the big moments to ensure that they're on the, on the right side of the result. Um, but yeah, it's... It, it, it's tough because Liverpool aren't steamrolling teams. It's uh, I can tell by the look on your face it was salary. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's tough. With Lip, Lip, as I say, Liverpool aren't battering teams. It's it's um, it's taken a lot out of this team. Every single win almost seems to be like even the United game absolutely battered them in the second half, and we're waiting until the last kick of the game before it was it was safe so, um, Is that part of the reason of how Liverpool play though these days because they're not like they were in the old days in terms of <clears throat> a couple of years ago under Klopp where they were just blowing teams away but then they could just fall over 2-1, 3-1 yeah. They? they know they can keep yeah. teams out they know they're going to get chances perhaps you know Klopp's been saying it for weeks hasn't he now they need to be more clinical so they've still got what was it 56, 57 goals something like that in the Premier there's only Man City who've scored more so I mean, I mentioned something that seems a bit churlish to have a go at a team that scored that many goals. And they've scored in every single game in the Premier League this season. But you're right, it's just... They could do more, but that just shows you how dominant they are in these games then. There'll be some games <clears> in <throat> the not-too-recent past where they have no chances. Yeah, the worry is that at some point, though, 
their looks out and but that will happen though, they, they should have put a game to bed earlier because they've missed a half full of chances and they end up drawing one all it's it's probably not likely to affect the overall destination of the title but if we're being hypercritical that there is things to improve and the players will tell you that much you know every, every time you speak to a player in the mix zone they, they always go on about the room for improvements and a lot of the times you're thinking it's just a party line and they're just saying it because they're professionals but I suppose as I say if you are being you know going through it with a fine comb there are little areas that they can get better in yeah well a player that came on last night um, was Takumi Minamino um, in not quite the circumstances Klopp would have wanted with a Mane <coughs> injury we'll come on to a little injury update in a moment but I'll ask you Joe because obviously we can probably talk about what we think of Minamino absolutely but what did you make of him as kind of an opposition fan and as somebody who might be playing against you on Sunday I mean, you obviously could well be playing against us on Sunday. Um, the transition from any football league into the Premier League is just always going to be very difficult. Um, we know from what we've seen of him, or from what I've seen of him in the Champions League, he's clearly a very talented player and clearly a very technical player. Um, you know, getting him used to the pace and the strength of the Premier League will probably be the biggest task. Um, I think what Klopp's done with a lot of his players is he's protected them and brought them in gradually hasn't he and as a result of that when they come in properly and when they're asked to to step up they hit the ground running see what likes Cicada see what likes Fabinho and, and and several others I think that will be crucial to his development obviously with the protection of the lead that you've got in the league you can do that with with, with him as well although obviously depending on how man it is you might call on him a little bit earlier than is desired and particularly in the Champions League you know I He's clearly a brilliant signing. You look at the cost that you know, that he was to the club, and obviously the diligence and the background work that's got him to get into that club. And to just you know, first of January comes along, deals already long boxed off. You know, for a player that would improve most squads in not just the Premier League but in Europe. I mean, it's just fantastic business. I think if he was to play on Sunday, it'll be an interesting test for him, like it will be for a lot of the players. But looking forward to him as a Premier League player, I think certainly by the beginning of next season, I think he'll be more than capable of stepping in to that first team eleven when required. One of the interesting things that will be left to watch over the next few months, and there aren't many interesting things to watch from a Liverpool perspective because we know how good they are and we know what's likely to happen in most games, will be to see how quickly he makes that step up. But the talent's clearly there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly. I think last night, Ian, he looks... He looked pretty neat and tidy. He looked mm. like a, a decent player on the ball. Mm. Um, but Klopp didn't quite seem to know what position was right for him. He played at the front, left that front three, obviously managed straight swap, yeah. then he dropped into midfield after I, half I, time. I wonder whether that was more to do with trying to cope with uh, Traore and trying to help Aldum help Robertson okay. down the left, because I think that might have been partly something to do with it, because Klopp said that they defended in a 4-4-2, certainly in the second half after the game. It's interesting what he said about Minamino, though, is that he said that he's not a winger. There is someone that's played in between the lines, and you know he played against Everton at the, the false number nine. I got an impression. I feel as though that might be where he ends up for Liverpool because I think he plays there for Japan, does he? Plays there yeah. for Japan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know he's been. We've seen him out wide for for Salzburg, but he's forever cutting inside. He wasn't like a traditional winger in the sense of going to the byline or getting on the outside and getting the crosses in. Um, the other thing he said, Klopp, was that we we already know his talent and you know his skill set, but what he appreciated against Wolves is his ability to get stuck in. And fight because he, you know, he knows it. 
it wasn't a game where players were playing particularly well, certainly out wide defensively. It's probably one of the most yeah. difficult games he yeah, could exactly, have been exactly, yeah. Yeah. So especially when, he, when he's replacing Mane, who's yeah. been Liverpool's best player this season. So people would be looking to him and go, well, what can you do now? So the focus would have been on him. So in some ways, I suppose it was quite clever that Klopp moved him around the second half because then nobody was comparing like for like in that sense. But the fact that he was able to get stuck in, the fact that you know it was a very intense game, as Gorsi said, in, in terms of the intensity, th- th- there's been very few games quite like that for Liverpool. I think Man City might be the only one, I suspect. Certainly Leicester wasn't quite the like levels that. of end-to-end. Exactly, yeah. yeah. A lot of running involved. But he didn't look out of place, did he? I think it wasn't the game for him to show what he's all about in terms of an attacking player. But in terms of a player that Klopp wants and Klopp likes, I think Klopp would have been quite chuffed. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly agree. Um, do you think there's going to be sort of any issue with strength, or do you think that's just a case of getting used to the Premier League? Because I know you got nudged off the ball a few times, but yeah, well, he's he's a very slight player anyway, isn't he? He's not, he's not he's someone not who's going, yeah, he's, <laughs> he, 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 he almost reminds me a little bit of Yossi Benayoun. I think I've mentioned that before. He's someone who you don't really know where his best position is at the moment. Uh, Jürgen Klopp will obviously have an idea, but plays as a number nine for Japan. He played as a ten for Salzburg, or even on the wing. I think it's just going to be someone who can fit in a number of areas because if we look across Liverpool's squad, pretty much every single player can play in at least two positions. So you've got to be able to do that when you play for Jurgen Klopp. So he'll fit in that mould when one of them drops out, i.e. Sadio Mane last night. I was surprised that Divock Origi didn't come on for, for Mane. Um, looked like a like-for-like like for me and Minamino could have been given a, an easier debut at Southampton next Saturday. Um, for the Premier League but he was thrown in it wasn't as Doyle says and, and Klopp said in his press conference it wasn't the, the game for him to show what he's all about as a as a marauding number 10 or you know a, a fleet footed right wing or whatever but he dug in he, he worked hard he chased back um, and it was a decent decent game for him I think he'll obviously have better better days at the office at Liverpool but I'm looking forward to seeing where and when he, he kind of fits in over the next couple of years but I, I agree with Joe as well I don't think we'll see anywhere near his best until at least the start of next season when he's got a full pre-season under his belt of how Klopp wants this team to work. Yeah, sure. I mean, the only reason Minamino was on the pitch that early was because Mane pulled up with a bit of a hamstring injury. Mm. Um, you were at Klopp's press conference earlier today. He was yeah. asked about Mane, he was asked about Shakiri and Cater yeah. and Milner and Liverpool's injury, well, injury players. Can you give me the latest, please, Ian? Well, the latest is that Sadio Mane's having a scan. He's probably had it by now. I think, well... We were with somebody who spotted him walking in without any crutches, yeah. without any uh, without any boots. Yeah, so positive. It, so that's that's positive in that sense. Although that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be. He won't be playing on Sunday no. anyway, was he? And I suspect he probably won't play against West Ham or maybe Southampton because Liverpool then have two weeks off. So it may be a good time to have this little break, but you can give him a bit of a rest because he's played a lot of football this season. I think he's was it Bournemouth away the only game that he's not started. I think. I think it was yeah, Bournemouth. I think, I think it was Bournemouth. Sounds about right. Yeah, I think it's that's the only. Sorry, he, did, he didn't start against Norwich either the first game, but he came on a sub. So there's only oh, he'd been, only been back in training exactly. Week, hadn't he? Yeah, because well, well, he'd only had two and a half weeks since the African Cup nation, so he probably is one player who does need a bit of a rest. So maybe this might help him in that sense. Talking about the other players, Shakiri and Milner are both out. Lovren's back. He's been training all week. We've, we've seen that. But the other interesting one was Cater. Where mm. he said he's going to join full training today. We have to assume that he did. Um, that. It'd be a full, intense session. There'll be another one tomorrow. If he comes through them, he could be uh, an option. I mean, probably the reason behind that is that it's it's he was actually only been out for three weeks, Cater. But because they played that many games all the time, it just feels like he was out forever. 
And he had played, I think it was six of the previous seven games, scored three goals, got an assist. He'd look like the cater that Liverpool had paid 50-odd million pounds for. So if he's fit, I think Klopp probably will take the chance and stick him in. Yeah, it could be a very exciting player lining up um, at Shrewsbury on Sunday. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Klopp spoke again about a couple of other players who might be starting as well, Adrian being one. Yeah. Um, I think this might be a good opportunity to kind of pick our teams because then I can ask Joe who he might be worried about. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, Adrian in goal because Klopp's Yes, Adrian is definitely playing in goal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nico Williams at right back. Yeah. Um, mm. Matip and Lovren centre back. You'd think so. No. I'd, no. I think Joe Gomez will play. I think it'll be Matip and Gomez. Yeah. I'm going Matip and Lovren. I'm going Matip and Lovren. Midfield, uh, Yasser Larucci at left back. Larucci, mm. yeah. I love Larucci. Every time he's mentioned on this podcast, I tell, you, I tell everyone how much I love Larucci. <laughs> how much do you love him? A lot. <laughs> he's a very exciting, talented, fast player. He, he plays is. in a few positions yeah, as well. Yeah. Very mid- young midfield. It's interesting. Do you think he might go 4-2-3-1? Depending on who's available. I think a lot depends on who's available because Lallana might not be a, might be available. He was ill, wasn't he's, he? He's so. got a virus, hasn't he, we're told. Whether you can... I hope think, it's not the virus. Do you think Fabinho yeah. starts? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I think Fabinho's starting, which then, does that compromise Pedro Chiraveo starting? Because then if he plays, then he got to play probably 4-2-3-1. Mm. See what I mean? So, But then would he be, would he be playing Chiravella to then move Chiravella on in the last week of the window? Mm, could be, I suppose, yeah. That might do him a favour. Yeah. At the very least, he's going to be on the bench. Yeah. But if so, you stay in the FA Cup, though, we'll want to keep him around, won't we? Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. So, hang on, so we're saying... So Fabinho... I'm going to go Fabinho, Chiravella and Curtis Jones in the midfield three. I'm going to go Fabinho, one of Lalana or Cater, because he'll take a chance on one of them, and Minamino. Ooh, okay. I think Fabinho, Cater, and Curtis Jones in the midfield, so that's a okay. non-agreement from anybody. Okay. Um, if, Fabinho, front. if Fabinho plays, I just think you've got a more defensive-minded midfield. You can afford to play a bit two more, a bit more attacking players against. Mm. Slightly lower league opposition. I love the fact that Joe's just like looking <laughs> around, going, "Oh, this, this is quite interesting." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Front three: Divock Origi down the middle. Yeah. Minamino on the right. Howard, yeah. Or Minamino on the left and Harvey, Harvey Elliott on the right. Whereas I'm going Jones on the left because that's his best position. Uh, Origi yeah. down the middle because that's his best position, and Elliot down the right because that's his best position. <laughs> so that's this. This you know, this method in my forty-three-one well, madness. They're all on the pitch at least. Yeah. Um, that's quite an exciting set of senior players when you think of Cater and you think of Fabinho well they're all straight down the middle aren't Origi, they? the spine again this is what you against Everton mid-on. I think Lovren, Matip or Gomez whoever Adrian is a solid goalkeeper Curtis okay, Jones obviously in his talent and it's very very good potential Joe Thomas <laughs> <laughs> who are you most fearful yeah, yeah, yeah. are you bothering turning up for this one <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there don't worry I've got me tickets so um well, obviously, we know that all those players have got the talent to cause us big problems. Of course, they have. I think that probably one the two players most excited to see Curtis Jones. Mm. He looks like a wonderful talent. We saw him against Everton. We know what he can do, or we saw a glimpse of what he can do. I'd love to see him up against some of our players. You know, he won't get the same amount of freedom of on, on the ball. I mean, it won't get the same amount of time, but obviously, he's clearly an absolute baller. And it'd be interesting to see if he can. You know, produce the goods on a day when you know it may well be that if he can, it'll be the difference. He'll be asked to actually, you know, it, it's not coming on at three 0 and have another fifteen minutes of experience in front of the Anfield crowd. It's come on and see if you can win a match for us. D- definitely interested to see Minamino as well because I say I think he's a fantastic player. So whether the conditions will be quite right for him will be interesting. It'd 
a lot of that will probably depend on how much respect we give him and how, if we don't give him much respect, how he deals with that. I think of the players that you've mentioned there, the ones that cause us most damage is probably Origi. Origi is probably the type of player that we don't want to be coming up against on Sunday because he's somebody that you know obviously knows what a back of the net is, but he's big, he's strong, he's direct and okay, obviously, at our level in, in League One, our defenders are used to playing against direct strikers, strong strikers, but obviously of a much lower technical ability. The quality of finishing. The might, quality of yeah. finishing and, and, and things like that. I mean, if you were to come, if Liverpool were to come to, to Meta and, and play just their kids, I think you know, they would, could be in for a difficult game. You know, One of the things that I would, if I was Klopp, if I was approaching this and I wanted to get through... I would make sure that there is a spine of professionals, you know, of experienced first-team professionals there just to get the job done. Um, and it sounds like that's what you're expecting. You know, if it was us against 11 kids, we might fancy ourselves having a game if we can get, if we can get through that first 15, 20 minutes. If it's seven kids plus Fabinho, Cater, Origi and Adrian, then all of a sudden you've got that experience, you've got that guile, you've got that strength, you've got that character, which should be enough to see Liverpool over the line quite comfortably against us. I think one of the things that is quite interesting about League One football now is that, and this is one of the dangers, that, one of the traps that Liverpool could have fallen into, but it sounds like they probably won't do, is that the technical ability is much higher, or the potential technical ability of the players is much higher. Last two decades or so, what you now have is the clubs at the top end of the football spectrum basically snap up any kid that shows any ounce of talent from the ages of six upwards. So you have these massively expanded academies. What that also means is that when they get to 16, 17, 18, a lot of kids fall out of those academies and they come to places like us. So what we have is we have a side, half of which is made out of you know players who have had that top-level coaching players that come through it. At the moment, the dominant um, club is probably Man United. We've got a couple of ex-Man United Academy players and a couple of players who not very long ago were in the situation that a lot of those Liverpool players find themselves in now where they were on the fringes of the first team in the early rounds of the cup stages. Obviously, it didn't work out for them. But what they have done is they've got they've had the high-level coaching, they've got that technical ability, they've dropped out of it and now they've got a couple of years under about a first-team football and obviously they've got the hunger to try and prove themselves. The other half of our side is you know, players that have fought their way up through the lower leagues, and for them it will be the biggest game of their career or one of the biggest games in their career. So if you have that spine, then you should avoid any difficulties against us. The pitch will be difficult. It hasn't been as good as it has been over, pre- over recent seasons. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Klopp is probably going to take the necessary precautions. We're not a... We've been very good in the Cups over the last few years. We're by no means a, a graveyard for, for Premier League teams, but teams that have underestimated us have beaten us, but beaten us at a cost. Last year, we took Wolves to a replay. And we were 10 minutes from knocking them out at home. year before that, we did the same with West Ham. We took West Ham to a replay. So we are used to these big occasions, and we're used to making it difficult for sides that don't take us seriously. If Liverpool take us seriously, then obviously we know it's only likely to be one winner. And that suggests, the suggested 11, or there's a few arguments over a couple of players, will probably, of course, it's probably going to be enough to oversee us. So. 
It's interesting what you say there, though, about respecting players like Minamino or whatever, and how, how much your players show them. But, Paul, for Minamino, he's come from RB Salzburg, where they've had it they're all their own way in, in the Premier League. And your likes of Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones, Neko Williams, Rucci, I know they've played a bit of first-team football, but you know they are very talented players, able to play in the first team, haven't played a lot, a lot of first-team football. And you know they're very talented, obviously, in the under-23s pool. It's going to be a very difficult test for the likes of those against some, you know, you know, ex-Premier League, hardened league, league yeah. players. Oh, undoubtedly. And I think that's maybe a drawback from Liverpool's decisions not to send these players out on loan. I think if Curtis Jones would have had a loan spell somewhere by now, he, he'd be, you know, re- ready for, for this, this type of... Yeah, um, I think you saw that with, test. say, Herbie Kane in the Aston Villa yeah, game. He played yeah. for Doncaster for a whole season. You could just tell he'd had some experience. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I think on that night, Liverpool had had about 50 senior appearances between them and, and his were 47 or something <laughs> yeah. stupid like that. But yeah, I mean, it, that, that will be interesting. It'll be an interesting dynamic for the game, how Liverpool's youngsters stand up to, to the test of seasoned pros, veterans, who basically it's, it's probably going to be the, the game of the season, is it? You know, unless, you know, Unless they, they do win and, and they, they go on for, uh, for another Premier League team, but as Joe said earlier in the podcast, this game now or these games that Liverpool play is cup finals to the opposition. So I think particularly for Harvey Elliott, he, he looks like a 16-year-old. Um, mm. Doesn't necessarily play like one, but you can tell he's a still a young boy. Curtis Jones is only 19. Uh, Pedro Chilavera is a little bit older, but he's only slight as well, isn't he? So I think Shrewsbury could possibly try to impose themselves physically. And then it's up to the senior stars of Liverpool to step in and, and make sure that they can't be bullied because against Everton, Everton never really tried that tactic at all. Did he? It was a virtually full-strength Everton who tried to play their own game and come unstuck. But I think um, this would be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of, a, of a streetwise opposition. I think if anybody tries to bully Curtis Jones, they might be in for a bit of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to Liverpool at the start of the season, Liverpool under-21s in the, what's it called these days? Johnson's Paints not no, anymore, it's what is it called? Leasing, Manhattan. Leasing.com. The AFL trophy. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah. They played Oldham, got beat 3 2, but they were clearly the better team. But they got undone in the last 10 minutes. I think it was two like set piece goals or long ball yeah. and that. And they said, look, that's what you're going to learn this experience. That's why they're in this competition for. But as Joe said, as we've mentioned before, Liverpool will have presumably a strong centre back pair and at least one strong person in midfield, experienced goalkeeper strong striker <clears throat> and it'll be down the sides that the you know they're, they're given a bit of youth you know the two fullbacks the, t- the, the wide players so I can't see Liverpool being bullied I mean I must be I'm quite looking forward to the game because it's a I, I always wonder what these the likes of Fabinho and people like that who've come over to play for Liverpool then go to stadiums like this I almost think I don't think it's a massive deal to them in the sense of it's not a big change because everybody started somewhere. Everybody played somewhere. Everybody played on these stadiums, in stadiums like this. I mean, I'm pretty sure the pitch won't be as bad as Tramies was the other night. No, no. <laughs> no, yeah. And there have been some iffy pitches that Liverpool have played on this season. So it's like just, you know, it's, it's the FA Cup, isn't it? It's, it was always regarded the great leveller because of the, you know, the pitches and because of the stadiums. But, yeah, it's a new stadium, isn't it? Rel- reasonably, it's relatively new relatively stadium. New stadium. A lot stadium. of those factors that were regarded level as have gone, obviously. I mentioned yeah. the pitch not being as good as it has been. You know, traditionally, we've had an excellent pitch. Mm. Um, you know, it's just slightly down, partly because of the weather and the amount of games that have been on it from where it has from high standards in the past. 
it's a relatively new stadium. You know, it's not gonna they're not gonna walk into an away dressing room which is half the size of the home. <laughs> Home one, and which I mean, the, I think, the I think, heating's magically stopped. Yeah, I think know. as long as it's bigger than Crystal you know? Palaces, I think so. Bob won't mind. He doesn't like Crystal Palaces dressing room at all. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't. I think it should be, and it's a good experience for the youngsters in the sense that I think, as you said, it's they're going okay, great. They played in front of 54,000 people at Anfield. Nearly everybody was supporting Liverpool, cheering them on. It gives them that extra boost. Now they're going to be going somewhere where it'll presumably be cold. It'll be quite dark. It'll, you it'll be, love the weather. Yeah. Well, no, no. Be, and it will be under the floodlights because it's a five o'clock kickoff. Close to the pitch, bit of an atmosphere. There's always something very different when you go to the, the lower league ground, certainly the smaller ones. And, you know, I think... If Liverpool do come through, I think they'll have all gained something from from it. It's a no lose situation for both clubs at the end mm. of the day, isn't it? Obviously for for Shrewsbury, it's it's a massive game for for many reasons. You know, for if you look at Liverpool in the in, I'm a, a massive fan of the FA Cup. I think it's brilliant. Don't, don't tell Joe Rennie. I, I, I have this argument with he, him anyway. He does not like it. That's a different argument for a, 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 a different a different day. But like, obviously, in the context of Liverpool's season, it's not the most important thing going. I think everybody, regardless of what you think of the FA Cup, I think everybody can understand why it's not the most important thing on, on Liverpool's horizon at the moment. <coughs> you know, for those players that come through, you've got some seasoned pros there that are, you know, on their way back from injury and could do a bit of match sharpness. You've got youngsters who, you know, we might present a test, but a test that is, you know, a hurdle that is achievable for them. But we'll give them a bit of experience as well, just to, you know, the conditions and a different type of opposition. You know, I, I think it's probably a no-lose situation for everyone. Like, it'll be a good experience for everybody. And, you know, obviously, hopefully we, hopefully we just have a competitive match, as I say. We can get through, if we can get through those first 10, 15 minutes and just settle into the game, maybe throw a few doubts into some of the younger players' minds, maybe, you know, make for things a little bit more uncomfortable for some of those players coming back from injuries, then... Then we could have a game on our hand. You know, we do have some talented players who'll be up for it. You know, we we have some you know, lads from Merseyside that you know have been will have been desperate for this all, all the time. So. Who's, who's the Everton fan? There's one of the, uh, the Everton fan. Oh, um, I'm not sure actually. I mean, no, there was there was one. We've got Callum Lang, we've got Sean Wally. There's uh, there's one I can't remember his name. Great great research by the way. This well to be fair, we've just finished with Wolves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm off tomorrow, so I don't really care. Um, but Shrewsbury, there's a Shrewsbury player. He went to the he went to, he he went to, to the Everton, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? So that's it. it. Might be all was it Ollie Norman? Uh, that it sounds like that might be him. So extra me, it might have been him. I'm mm. not 100 sure. Joe, we spoke before this podcast, and I know obviously you've mentioned there a bit about how Shrewsbury might make it difficult for Liverpool, but I imagine pretty much. Most of the people listening to this podcast will never have seen Shrewsbury play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give me an idea of just where Liverpool might struggle, how you play in your danger men and who Liverpool really do need to look out for. Because it's quite tricky to score against you, I believe. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're very strong at the back. Uh, league, league one level, not many teams score against. We're, we're a horrible side to go 1-0 down against. Our problem's getting that first goal in, in, in the first place. So, yeah, we have we tend to play with five across the back, play with wing backs, but you know, we've got three big centre backs who gobble up anything that comes up in the air. If we get one nil up, then we essentially sit with a flat back five in front of the in front of the box. They have a centre midfield that screens them and we basically say to you, either play through us or play over the top of us. And if you play over the top of us, chances are we'll win anything in the air. And trying to play through us on a pitches which aren't the best in a very compact environment 
you know, requires a genuine bit of skill or magic, which is often lacking in League One, um, or a little bit of luck, you know, which which obviously happens every now and then. Um, and then from there, we'll probably try and hit on the counter-attack. Again, the play, you know, if you've got someone like Fabinho sitting in front of your defence, then you would like to think that he'd be able to mop up most of what we can do. But we have some experience, but, you know, Sean Morley, as I say, just mentioned, he's he's one of the scousers in the team. He's been one of the best attacking players at our level for a good four or five years. He's he's quick, he's skillful, and he's clever. He'll draw a foul. You know, he knows, he knows what to do. He knows how to take on a player, how to beat a player. If we can get him on the ball, then he could cause some of the younger fullbacks problems. Um, and we got another scout from the team called Lang, who's um, on loan from Wigan, and he's he's on loan from a Championship club, but he's clearly much better than that. He's a really kind of skillful, talented number. Probably, you know, he, he sits in that hole, and he can link attack and defence really well. He can create something out of out of nothing at our level. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at the top end of the Championship, bottom end of the Premiership, towards you know the next stage of his career. For us, we have struggled this season because whilst we're hard to beat and hard to break down, we struggle to link defence and midfield, which are quite a defensive midfield, to attack and, and, and score goals. A lot of it's down to probably you know, Lang's been injured for a good couple of months. It was really unfortunate the timing of his injury. Uh, without him, we have been a bit static, a bit turgid. You know, we are the type of one of the frustrating things is you know, we, we bring every player back for a corner and things like that, which is just so frustrating to see. Mm-hmm. And yet still don't have somebody on the posts, which, you know, I, I don't quite understand that that tactic myself. But obviously, you know, cleverer people get paid far more money to, to come up with those solutions. That, uh, this is quite therapeutic for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it is. But we're, we are one of a pack of sides in mid-table in League One who... There's just a missing ingredient. There's a lot of talent there. There's, there's definitely the talent and there's definitely the ability in that squad to push for a promotion run this season. There's just something that's not quite missing. And whether it's a player or whether it is actually just a little bit of luck that sparks a bit of momentum or maybe it's someone like Lang coming back from injury, you know, it could turn into a good season for us from what at the moment is a very, you know, a very average one, which has turned into a really good one. We've obviously get into the fourth round of the FA Cup and, and playing and play Liverpool. So... You know, I think where we hurt you, the chance of us hurting you down the middle, if you play the sides that you've suggested, if you've got a core that's got, you know, Lovren or Matip or Gomez, um, you know, Fabinho, Cater in the middle, then we're going to have to go out wide. That's what we're going to have to do. Um, you know, we do have players out wide who can hurt teams at our level and if they get the run of the ball, could potentially could potentially cause a few issues if anybody takes them for granted on, on Sunday. Yeah, Liverpool's certainly going to have to be alert and aware, and particularly if those youth players are on the wings of midfield and attack. And yeah, going to need to watch out. Um, give me score predictions. Ian first. 3 2 to Liverpool. 3 2. Yeah. Paul? Well, the last thing Liverpool wants will be a replay. Um, I think, I mean, it does sound like Shrewsbury Town struggle for goals, and if Liverpool have got a. A, a solid centre back pair in, in there, then it'll be difficult for them. So I think Liverpool might just nick it one or two nil. Jay Thomas, <laughs> well, uh, uh, sticking it on your toes. Please don't say replay. Well, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Like, um, I, I would rather us win than get a replay. You know, I, I mean, I'd love to see Shrewsbury Anfield one day, but I would rather you know take the win. Mm. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to see us beat Everton in my time. 
I was uh, there for that one. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, and, 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 and so was I. And, yeah, obviously the feeling of a cup upset, yeah, there are a few things that, that beat it. Fort Chelsea so. in the League Cup when Salah was there. Yeah, Fort Chelsea hard in that game, um, which wasn't a very good game for, for Salah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, obviously I think that Liverpool obviously got the talent to wipe the floor with us if they turn up. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for 1-1. One, 1-1 one. Uh, one, one replay. Here we go. Replay at Anfield. Scuppered and Klopp's plans of a couple of weeks off. That's yeah. it. You know, ruin, ruin your de facto winter break. and give That's in... scuppering Paul Ghost's plans for a week off. <laughs> oh, you just, well, you just, you just well, go well, off anyway. Are you going to have some manga for some... Uh, yeah, some more training. Right right yeah. <laughs> Much needed. Well, Hang on, what's your prediction? 1-0 Liverpool. I think it's going to be really tight. I think they make yeah, it really uh, difficult. Obviously, the, the the key thing, obviously, that all those are relatively you know, tight score lines. As ever with these scenarios, if Liverpool get an early goal, then it just changes the complex of everything. Did you go it? when they played ninety six, or were you, only, no, were you born then? I was born. Yeah. I was born, and I was going to home games by that point. But I, we couldn't get a ticket, so well, yeah. you made up for it this time. Made up for it this time. So before we end this podcast and before we move on and go to Shrewsbury. I just want to mention something because I where this was going. Then I know, wish, wish somebody um, a happy birthday or something. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. Is, is he going to sing? Yeah, it's back to it's back to Premier League. Isn't it? And I really just thought about it because of the uh, not the stat you unearthed, but the fact you gave before the Wolves game of Liverpool won. Oh yeah, they could be twenty-two yeah. points clear mm. of Manchester City by the time City next play in the Premier League. And yeah. I wanted to end on this note because that is crazy, Ian Doyle. It is, but Liverpool would have played a game more. But having said that, crucial game in hand. I know, yeah. <laughs> having said that, I think the other thing is suddenly City are running out of games. City are going to start running out of games, and that's the thing that's going to be, as well as the million points clear that they are, that there will come a point where I think we've spoken about it, where City might just go, you know what, we've got no chance here. Let's start building for yeah. next season. Let's concentrate on the Champions League because we're clearly going to finish in the top four. I found it remarkable looking at the Premier League table last night that if Liverpool beat West Ham on Wednesday night they go 40 points clear of Everton Chelsea and fourth have only got 40 points this season just shows you how remarkable a campaign they're having at Anfield and I do think if Liverpool go 22 points clear before Tottenham play before Manchester City play at Tottenham which is already difficult enough you might just see a case of City just holding their hands up and saying we've lost this one let's rest a few at the Champions League against Real Madrid on the horizon and it, it would be Liverpool's title if Liverpool win these next two games it's it's their title I already think it is anyway I know we always say this on the podcast and stuff but Liverpool won't throw this away it is the big talking point at the moment and the fact is really, no matter what anybody else does not what any other team does if Liverpool win their next nine games in a row mm. if City win every single one of theirs Liverpool win the title mm. that ninth game comes at the Etihad yep. if City drop points at away at Tottenham or away at United or at home to Arsenal or away at Leicester then it's going to get earlier the week before that is Crystal Palace <coughs> Anfield and the week before that is Goodison Park mm. um, where would you like to see them win it? Still Anfield we've asked this question yeah, before we have. Still, still Anfield yeah you'd rather win it there because it would just be good no, well, no, I don't. I don't want to win it. I don't, I don't, no sweetness if, of clinching no, it at no, Anfield and getting the guard of honour from City next the next week. He's bothered about stuff like that. There's no even. There's no so even guarantee. Yeah, but, about that. guarantee. No, but there's no guarantee City would do it. They, they've got, why would they have to do it? They shouldn't have to. There's no mm. reason for them to do it. Why would they? But their fans would be absolutely fuming. Imagine if that was at Anfield. It was the other way around. Real Madrid did it to Barcelona. Yeah, but that was at the end of the season when they'd won it. 
So this was different, you know. There's still be another six, seven, eight games to go. No chance that City are going to do that. Sorry. Yeah, it would certainly be an interesting one. Imagine um, if that happened in Everton at Goodison. Imagine it at Old Trafford. If, it happened, if, Liverpool, it's never win, happen. if Liverpool win the league at Everton, then they'll have to build Bramley more because they'll knock it down. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's certainly don't say, don't say the place down. I mean, Everton fans would knock it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to yeah. clarify. An yeah. interesting yeah. next few weeks. <laughs> But whatever the case, Liverpool are in the most fantastic position that I've ever seen them in my lifetime. And I, for one, cannot wait <laughs> to see them lift this Premier League title. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back on Monday. We're hopefully discussing a win over Shrewsbury <laughs> into the fifth round of the FA Cup and then previewing West Ham in midweek. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.